800-357-1583. That's 800-357-1583. Again, 800-357-1583. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. NBC News Radio, I'm Cameron Fairchild. Thousands of supporters of President Trump hold a rally in Washington, D.C.'s Freedom Plaza called the Million MAGA March. The demonstrators are protesting presidential election results they claim are fraudulent. President-elect Joe Biden pushes for urgent action to fight the coronavirus pandemic. Biden said the current administration needs to acknowledge how serious the current situation is. He noted he won't be president until next year, adding the crisis doesn't respect dates on the calendar and is moving fast right now. Biden's statement comes as new daily infections have gone over 100,000 for more than a week. He also called on everyone to do their part when it comes to wearing masks, washing hands and social distancing. I'm Brian Shook. President Trump says New York State may not get the COVID vaccine delivered next year because of criticism from Governor Cuomo. Ashok Bala reports. Trump made his first public remarks in more than a week on Friday evening, praising Operation Warp Speed, his administration's program to develop a vaccine. Governor Cuomo will have to let us know when he's ready for it. Otherwise, we can't be delivering it to a state that won't be giving it to its people immediately. Later in the day, the governor of New York said he wants an independent panel to review the vaccine first and plans to have it available to the public with no delays. With Cuomo recently Recently telling radio host Howard Stern he would have decked Trump over insults if he weren't governor. Over 130 Secret Service agents either have coronavirus or are in quarantine after being in contact with infected co-workers. Lawyers for the first woman to face federal execution in decades request a delay because they got COVID-19. Lisa Montgomery is scheduled for lethal injection December 8th. I'm Cameron Fairchild. NBC News Radio. This is KCAA. Open for takeout and delivery, El Tapioc Mexican Food Restaurant in the Tri-City Center of Redlands is back. Their entire family is on hand to serve up their delicious burritos, machaca, chorizo, huevos rancheros, steak and eggs, just part of their mouth-watering great food. Since 1531, people have marveled at the miracle of El Tapioc and now you can marvel at the great food the Lugo family has been serving up for over two decades. Nestled quietly in the corner of the Tri-City Center shopping mall next to Burlington Coat Factory. Support them. They can't wait to serve you some of their delectable, authentic, south-of-the-border Mexican fare at great prices, served up with love. Support the area's best-loved Mexican food restaurant in these tough times. Order up a tasty meal on the phone for delivery or takeout, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call 909-307-0017. That's 909 909- 307-0017 or Google El Tapiac Redlands and treat yourself. Listen up, folks. Work injuries can be devastating and life-changing. If you were injured at work, you probably have a lot of questions. I'm attorney Daniel Rudbari, and I represent injured workers. Call me for your free consultation at 800-325-1454. I'll answer your questions and advise you on how to protect your right to make sure you get the workers' compensation benefits you may be entitled to. 800-325-1454. 800-325-1454. Are you looking for health care using a non-toxic medical approach to regain your health? My name is Gilberto Alvarez, MD. My 40 years of experience using non-toxic approaches to health problems, including cancer, allow me to provide you with effective, proven, safe treatment for your health. Call 619-405-5199. That number again, 619-405-5199. The Stella Maris Clinic in Tijuana, Mexico, five minutes from the U.S.-Mexico border. KCAA Radio has openings for one-hour talk shows. If you want to host a radio show, now is the time. Make KCAA your flagship station. Our rates are affordable and our services are second to none. We broadcast on three terrestrial frequencies to a population of 5 million people. Plus, we stream and podcast on all major online audio and video systems. If you've been thinking about broadcasting a weekly radio program on Real Radio plus the Internet, contact our CEO at 281 
281-599-9800. You can Skype your show from your home to our Redlands, California studio where our live producers and engineers are ready to work with you personally. A radio program on KCAA is the perfect work from home avocation in these stressful times. Just type kcaaradio.com into your browser to learn more about hosting a show on the best station in the nation or call our CEO for details, 281-599-9800. Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. Whether you're building a new home or looking to spruce up the interior space of your older home, recessed lighting is a great way to add style and functionality to your digs. Before you head to the home center, though, give some serious thought to exactly what you want to do with the lights. For example, wall washer fixtures flood walls with wide swaths of light, and when they're positioned around the perimeter of a room, the walls appear to recede, making the room look more airy and inviting. Narrow beam adjustable lights, on the other hand, can be aimed at artwork to create dramatic effects. Installing them on the ceiling about a foot and a half away from the wall usually gives good results. Fixtures that have recessed reflectors put out the most light and are best for task lighting, such as illuminating a desk. Careful, though, make sure the lighting is positioned directly above the target area so you don't get shadows from your head or shoulders. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila. Southern California's Mind Spring. The legend you love and the best talk. KCAA Loma Linda. KCAA Loma Linda. KCAA Loma Linda. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Alaikum, peace be unto you. You are listening to the Voice of Islam radio show, your favorite Muslim talk show. My name is Osama Safi, and I'm joined with my host, Armagan Jadala. Assalamu alaikum, Armagan. Wa alaikum salam, Osama, and your listeners, peace be unto you. The Voice of Islam radio show is brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, which is the oldest organized Muslim community here in the United States. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community has been teaching the true teachings of Islam, which are love for all and hatred for none for the past 100 years here in the States. Uh, you can join in on our conversation live in the studio by dialing 1-888-909-1050. That's 1-888-909-1050. And of course, if you like the episode, you want to archive it or just capture it uh, at a later time, you can always find us uh, on YouTube under the channel Voice of Islam Chino Mosque. We have weekly uploads there and uh, we look forward to engaging with you on all platforms that being said osama happy saturday how you doing happy saturday indeed uh pretty good you know i went to play a little bit of soccer with my son in a little outside field but otherwise not too much else going on today i know we have an exciting show today how's everything over there you know, it's all good. We, we've been having these spurts of uh, the temperatures getting cold, which I love. It's jacket season. And uh, in Southern California, the cold is like, oh, yeah. it's a it's yeah. a it's a gentle, polite cold. It's not like in the East Coast. Jacket where season it's... like my mother. I know that. So that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's always it's always a happy time uh, whenever we get these temperature shifts. And, yeah. and and also, you know, in light of all the geopolitical and stuff going around the world, I feel like this past week was... Uh, relatively quiet. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to report, at least that I could think of. So that's uh, that's yeah. positive, right? I think I saw the news at one point. Just watched it, and they're talking about like the drug problem. And I was like, what? Wait, what? I thought like the only issues that we talked about was COVID and the election. <laughs> so it's nice to know that there's like you know other things in the world bothering us that we just forgot about that still exists. So <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was refreshing because that felt like what I would normally see on the news other things that are being discussed. But there still are some current events, you know, going around in the world that, you know, are happening. We just may not be thinking about them because they're international and um, we just have so much going on here in the U.S. But it's a it's just a great place to kind of talk about some of those things. Isn't that right, Armagon? That's right. I mean, you know, just thinking about the stuff that's been going on, you know, recently as well as kind of leading up to this, if I feel like uh, the country of France is constantly in the news. There's um, always stuff going on, be it, you know, uh, French politics with Muslims or, you know, Muslims extremists doing stuff within the country to the citizens and the government. 
And so, you know, there's always all these questions. I mean, we're getting our, our, our reports from overseas, obviously. So, you know, we have to kind of try to filter through what's exactly what. But, you know, to do that, we, we, we have a great program. And I think we have um, the right guy to help us uh, chew through that. Isn't that right, Osama? We, that we, we, we definitely do, <laughs> you know, just throwing in my little French right there, just uh, surprising <laughs> the viewers. But, uh, yeah, no, we have a very, we have, we have, a great, uh, you know, panelist panel here today with us. So I think we're going to definitely have a great discussion. Yeah. And with that being said, if you guys are watching the video, you'll probably notice that uh, you've got myself on the feed and to the right of me, you have a uh, uh, unfamiliar face uh, who I actually want to introduce is our guest for the show. This is uh, Asif Arif, who um, actually was the former uh, public affairs, national public affairs secretary for the uh, country of France for the M. The Muslim community. So Asif, uh, welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be on to you. Waalaikum salam. Thank you for having me. Uh, hopefully the, the drive wasn't too bad. Uh, it was bad, actually. Was there was quite <laughs> a lot of traffic, but uh, it's LA, right? That, that, this that's, is how it is. That's absolutely right. <laughs> uh, well, we, we are certainly grateful to have you, and uh, we, we look forward to uh, understanding uh, understanding these these issues with you. Uh, isn't that right, Osama? Yes, yes, we do. And I'm hoping to get the latest baguette <laughs> recipe from you as well. So, you know, don't don't keep that from us. Don't keep that from the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but, you know, awesome. we've got, we've got a, you know, obviously a lot of things kind of going on that um, in, in French politics, in French news. But I want to talk a little bit more about yourself. You know, the people, folks may not know about, you know, how long you've been in the U.S. and, you know, you've grown up in France. So just kind of give a brief history about, you know, uh, just let, let, let introduce yourself a little bit in terms of growing up as a Muslim in France and growing up as a Muslim or, or now coming as, as a Muslim in America. What are some of the similarities and differences that you've noticed? I mean, uh, yeah, I was born and raised in, in France and more specifically in the suburb of Paris. And um, it was I, I never faced any discrimination you, you can all say like I had problem to go uh, when I went to school or I have problem when I went to university or any discrimination faced to looking for apartments or whatever like whatsoever like this. But definitely what we faced being a, uh, born and raised in a suburb of Paris and one of the most um, problematic, you can say, it's called over there the 93 area. And there were, you know, we didn't have the best professor, we didn't have the best teachers, so we didn't have the best schools. So it was a little bit more complicated to have equal chance and equal op opportunities uh, than others who are born and raised in the 16th arrondissement of Paris, which is one of the where the best schools are and um, where people can access to the best universities. So definitely there was something like this. But uh, you see, uh, I became an attorney in France, so uh, everything is possible. Uh, and thank God, actually, everything is still possible in France. Uh, although we're facing a very, uh, it's very recent, you know, since 2015, actually, these uh, uh, problem raised in France after the terrorist attack of Charlie Hebdo and the terrorist attack that happened in the Bataclan, uh, in the concert room, uh, and we we facing problem since this period of time, not really before uh, b before that period of time. But I have um, a sister who is wearing a headscarf. Uh, for her, it was way more problematic to grow up into this. Um, and because it's, she's a, younger than me, so she faced more. Uh, you cannot say discrimination because discrimination may be a hard word, you know. But some kind of like people are looking onto her, like why are you wearing headscarf? More question, more problems to uh, get into one school, or more problem also to get a job. You know, sometimes when you get a job in France, you have to uh, unwear your 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 hijab because just just because there is some common exception that secularism is against you wearing this uh, hijab. So. Uh, we have we had like problem in France, but uh, still, I, I still have I still have hope for for France in that sense. Yeah, and that that's really interesting because I mean I know you know I think when people think of the United States, they think of a place that has a history of slavery, a history of racism, a history of just so many different things that makes it seem to look negatively. But I've always you know argued to the counter that sure, of course, you know every area kind of has its own issues right but i feel like the u.s is a really beautiful place for a muslim to live despite all the things that have happened sure 
growing up after 9-11 wasn't the best situation being mm. named Osama. But I, I you know, I, I think I was also very blessed and privileged in the opportunities that I had. And I remember mm. after 9-11, like the principal, uh, I was in elementary school, had called me in and told me, like, if anybody says anything to you, let me know. And just, you know, kind of like was wanting to take care of me. And I didn't really realize it at the time. But now looking back, I realized that was a really special thing. Um, but I think that just has to do with the roots of America, the pilgrims coming mm -hmm. and starting this nation because of religious persecution and wanting to have religious freedom and that being ingrained in the very first amendment of the United States. Mm -hmm. And when people look at France, I think sometimes the social image is flipped. In the U.S., they might think of bigotry, they might think of racism. When they look at France, they see like a liberal country, they see a lot of openness and a lot of acceptance. But then, you know, when I compare the laws of the two, where the hijab is almost banned. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's something that, you know, is kind of illegal. Whereas in the U.S., you know, there's nothing even close to that. Sure, there's like these hints of people wanting to fight against Sharia law, but it's never really a real thing. There's no real law in the U.S. that fights uh, Islam in the way that I feel like France kind of does, that makes it maybe a little bit harder to be a Muslim, just in the sense that like the government kind of supports not to say the racism, but the, 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 the lack of understanding of the faith. Do you, do you feel like that's kind of the case? That it, yeah, you know, it, yeah. It definitely. What, what I think is America is also very, the, the, foundation, the foundation of America, of the United States of America, is based on some kind of religious aspect as well. So you guys always had this possibility of um, making some intertweetment in between the religion and the religious sphere and the political sphere. Whereas in France, France has been made and is construed when you look at secularism in a uh, in opposition to religion. So if you look at back in 1789 when the French Revolution happened, it happened just because people had privileges and these privileges were ha happened to be for, for some religious people, you know, uh, people who are, who are like um, a priest or whatever, they have more rights than any other common citizen. So that's why bring brought the revolution at the first place. But then after the revolution dissoluting between the history because in 1815 the the, the monarchy came back and some other stuff happened some wars and all that after there was Charles 20 in 1830 so I don't want to go all through all over the history of France but when in 1905 the law in separating churches and state happened in France it was in a backlash which was a big opposition in between uh, Republicans and uh, monarchy people, uh, and monarchy people were tenant of some uh, of a very hard line of Christianism, where uh, the secularism was for Republican. But even in Republican, because they were so much in opposition to the church, they start debating on writing atheism as the religious state, as the uh, as the religion of the state. Sorry, and. Then Jean Jaurès, who was one of the founder of this uh, 1905 law separating the churches and state, said no, because atheism is a form of philosophy and uh, secularism deny any philosophy or any religious uh, um, belonging. So uh, this what happened in France. So I think the, the you know the very conception of religion that France have is in opposition with the conception of religion that U.S. have in, in, in the history. Now, that's very interesting. And I think you might have just answered the question that I have now, but I'll, I'll ask it anyways as, as a clarifying question. So, you know, if we were to look at the United States as a, as a case study, whenever you look at circumstances of, let's say, religious or ethnic or, or, or social persecution, you know, you, you have uh, a, a paradigm where you'll have far sides that are both, you know, violating uh, religious or human rights laws or what have you. For example, you might have a, a bigoted re religious organization uh, that is persecuting Muslims. You know, the the Quran burning, that was uh, something from a very extreme church who had, had particular views. And then you might have on the other side of the scale, um, people that don't have any religious uh, obligation who would consider themselves atheists who in the name of being liberal or in the name of progressivism would go and then persecute Muslims again, you know, uh, you know, harassing them on a subway or, 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 or kind of, um, you know, harming, for example, women that wear the hijab or the niqab, the face covering or the, or the head covering. And so in France, I, I, and I think you just said this, but I just want to confirm. So in France, the dynamic, the social dynamic 
is more uh, atheism as opposed to Islam, or is it is it a combination of you know extreme cr- religious groups as well? In addition to these, you know, philosophical or, or other ways of life that may not be ascribed to a particular um, a traditional religion. Basically, when it comes to Islam, what French people say is, is mm, let's say, sixty-five percent of our population is an atheist population. So we don't want Islam to impose on us, and we don't want Islam to uh, bring their own Sharia law as mentioned in the introduction, to come and to overcome our legal system. But the problem is the way that they're acting, uh, they are uh, pretty much destroying the rule of law in, in, in every sense. Because first, atheism is not a religion and is not the state religion. And when the 1905 law has been adopted, it was very clear that we don't want to bring atheism as, a religious, uh, as, the, as the religion of the state or the philosophy of the state. So now it comes to the definition, to the very definition of what is secularism in France. Secularism means in France that state has to uh, have a very neutral approach when it comes to the question of religion, when it comes to question of discrimination based on religion. Uh, If you need to discriminate for any uh, reason, you need to pass some constitutional test. I think it's pretty much the same here as well. But in in France, you will have um, people are more inclined to see exceptions within religion and more specifically with Islam uh, than in the US. So uh, let's let's go back to uh, Osama and his name. Right, he said he mentioned the fact that after the nine eleven, the fact that his his name was Osama was being like a little problem, but then the teachers told him if anybody said anything to him and all that. What we happen now in France, look at the difference of approach. Very funny, because we have one polemist who has been trialed three times and condemned by a court of law three times for inciting hatred against Muslim. Uh, and this guy is still on the channel, still panelist, respected by everybody around the table, and he said to one uh, lady who, whose name was uh, Absatu, is from uh, African countries, and she uh, and she said, "Yes, my name is Absatu," and she was saying something about diversity, and I'm very proud of it. And, and then this guy, this polemist, uh, say it came to her, came to her and said, "Yeah, but I think you're wrong. You should change your name and name yourself Carol." Or name yourself Christine or whatever French name you have, you know. You should go back and change your name and make it as a French name. You see the difference of approach that it's, it's because the root of France as well is based on universalism. Universalism is the theory where when you think that everybody should be the same. But this theory will fail by any mean because nobody is the same. Uh, and with the globalization, everybody is coming, asylees, asylum seekers, you have immigration and all that. So everybody's bringing their, uh, their their cultural background within the society. So the society is changing. And France don't want to change with the changement of the societies. And that's the big problem that we have. Whereas in the UK or in the US, you are based on multiculturalism, which is a theory which accepts the difference of communities if they are inclined to live together and if they are inclined to serve the community as a com- with a common scheme, you know? So this is what is happening. I think the very problem in France is the concept of universalism, uh, which is based on different type of theory and history and the French Revolution, etc. That's why they don't want to take them down, take this theory down. But this is the the actual problem. And this is why Osama over there would have to change his name in Paul, Pierre or Jacques, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, this uh, polemist who has been tried three times for hatred against Muslim is still on the TV and, and doing his show. Yeah, so wow. I, I, I guess, you know, to that, the question I have, and, and this is often, you know, France is often used as kind of the uh, real world use case, the boogeyman for uh, you know, whenever, you know, even in American politics, there's a criticism of left versus right. You know, France is always kind of seen as as the bizarro world if the left was to win, you know, and there's other countries that are used, for examples, for the right. Is it is it as, as simple as that, that this is just, you know, progressivism taken to an extreme? 
or or is it is it something a little bit more deep seated? And, and the reason I say that is because you know I'm trying to understand, you know, obviously the some of the principles that that the this mentality this 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 belief system is based off of is good. You know, it's it's everybody should be the same. Every mm-hmm. you know it's it's based on on this idea of fairness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the I guess the issue becomes you know in trying to implement this fairness you end up oppressing a certain group yeah. if your image of you know if you're for example if your image of the world is whitewashed or is based on kind of an uh you know an anglo view then you know this name which might have an african root is not an acceptable name but in america if you were to if you were to say that in america i mean you would have a mob running after you saying you're racist and cancel this person so w- what is it that allows that in france where the mob is not chasing after that person but is saying defend that guy's right to say that thing you see france is a very police-oriented state, very, very police-oriented state and a very uh, unitary type of state. So the problem is when the government is using the same rhetoric as this polemist is. So for, take, take the latest, you know. Our um, educational minister said that everybody who's saying that Charlie Hebdo was wrong in their cartoon is actually feeding the the ideological background of terrorism. Mm. Can you imagine that? This is our main government member who say that. When your government member are saying that and they are diffusing this ideology amongst the society, what can you expect from the society? I mean, nobody wants to uh, get involved with... uh, So There is very poor amount of people who wants to be militant or who want to come out in the street and all that. You should get that to the level of France as well. France is smaller than California. So, you know, you should get back to the size also as well of, of of the country and all that. So what I think is there is some kind of state-sponsored anti-Muslim ideology that is being spread out specifically these last couple of months. Um, and, and you can even say last couple of years uh, with the state of emergency, with the sanitary emergency, they, they, they passed some disposition that help quite a lot to discriminate against Muslim uh, organizations and i think till the government will not stop that then you cannot expect any change in the, within the society and the society is based on a very big confusion that uh, secularism is atheism and this is still in the brain of french people french people think when french people comes to think about secularism they say it's the state the, uh, that means that the state will not recognize any religion and then that also mean that when you come into a public space, when you're outside walking and all that, you don't have the right to show your faith. So you don't have to the right to wear a hijab, for example. This is for your for your home. You you keep it at home. But this is a big misconception of what secularism is. This is a big misconception of what freedom of religion is, because freedom of religion without being practiced collectively in the public has no. Uh, has no consistency. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- th- I think there is a lot of misconception. And on top of that, the government is using the rhetorics of far right, using actually and feeding all this uh, anti-Muslim, uh, you can say kind of campaign that is going on. And and that's very, and, and it is some, it's joined by uh, extremist progressism who will claim to be from left side but they will come and they will say yeah but against Islam we should it should have no um, uh, no you can say no, no no settlement we should be very straightforward with Islam and all that and it's it's very it's very paradoxical because when you look at what they do with Christianism, so, for example, every time at the Christmas period, you will always have this debate. It will, it will come in France. You can, you can note it that in about in 15, 20 of December, so the municipalities, the mayor and all that, they will start putting in public premises uh, the Christmas tree, right? So a lot of people will start saying, especially Muslim, they will start saying, oh, but you say this secularism, right? Mm. Secularism is you don't show any religious signs. So why when we try to show Ramzan, the specificity of Ramzan or whatever, in a banner, you ban us from the from the municipality premises. And when it comes to Christian, you let them do it. 
So they, they look at the case law and the case law make a distinction in between cultural background or religious background. Mm. And they say because it's related to the culture of France, which is a Christian culture, that should be acceptable. Mm. But when it's related to directly religious message, it should not be acceptable. <laughs> so you see, even the case law is being like a little bit, the judges are being used somehow by these political agendas. And that create a lot of troubles in France. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That is that is so interesting. I mean, just to see it from that perspective, I can't imagine what the arguments the lawyers are making when <laughs> the culture is inherently based in a religion. Sure, it might be Christianity, but I mean, that's, those ideas are still based in that religion. But um, you mentioned an interesting point that we wanted to get into further in the, into the show, and that was the discussion about Charlie Hebdo and kind of the, the cartoons that we all know about France and Muslims and the, the battle between the two. And, you know, as a Muslim, it always pains me to see the cartoons, but it even further pains me to see the violence that, you know, Muslims are committing in France when that's completely rejected by Islam, any form of violence or any form of that type of behavior. For the viewers who are not familiar with kind of the cartoon history and the controversies that have happened in France, could you kind of briefly summarize and talk about some of the different incidents that you can recall in France where this has come up and the more recent kind of beheadings and, and things of that nature that's been happening in France? Yeah, so, so this is a very this is a big problem in France. I mean, cartoons is it, it, it's not as big as much media made it as well. You know, we need to clarify this too. Uh, cartoons are part of the French culture. They always cartoon. They depicts people, depicts Emmanuel Macron in, in such a way. And for for the inf for your information, uh, Emmanuel Macron has been depicted recently in a cartoon, and the actual journalist who made that cartoon has been condemned by the court. <laughs> so that's <laughs> funny. You see, when it comes to the Holy Prophet, it's not possible. When when it comes to the Holy Emmanuel Macron, everything is possible. So that that's that's <laughs> also a big problem. So. But, Apart from this, from this political uh, viewpoint that I gave it to you, the, the cartoons started, the, the, the controversy of cartoons started in 2005 when Charlie Hebdo decided to republish Danish cartoon within its own newspaper. And Charlie Hebdo is the name of, of a, a newspaper company? It is a newspaper company that is totally bankrupt. Mm -hmm. But every every time that they do a cartoon against Islam, they give you so much publicity that everybody start buying it. So they they refill their their their, their bankruptcy at that at, the, at that point. Mm -hmm. that, that's also another point. There is some financial stuff involved as well in in whatever Charlie Hebdo do, uh, and uh, they start to re they decided to republish this Danish cartoon, whereas all other um, cartoons paper decided to not do so in France. So Charlie Hebdo was the only one. Then after a few years after, if you do remember or if you follow a little bit Charlie Hebdo, uh, I would say you would be really a depressed guy if you follow whatever Charlie Hebdo is doing. But whatever, Charlie Hebdo uh, premises has been burned. Uh, I think in 2013 or 2014, if I'm, not, if I'm not wrong, just right before the terrorist attack that happened on the 7th of January 2015. So the fact that uh, they killed Charlie Hebdo, uh, a very famous journalist, brings up some huge amount of emotion uh, within the political class because politicians do know very well these um, these polemists because they they trace them back uh, in May 1968 where there was this all this libertarian movement in France and everybody was saying whatever uh, you know it's all the left liberties that have been found so Charlie Hebdo is a, a uh, is born within that movement of freedom so when they attack Charlie Hebdo they attack this movement of freedom that actually France assessed in, in, in 1968. But uh, the, 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 the problem is, Ch uh, after the terrorist attack, Charlie Hebdo decided to publish another, uh, if you do remember, right after the Charlie Hebdo attack, they published another cartoon of the Holy Prophet. Then after they, they decided, before the trial was said to be um, here in October and November, and it's still going on right now today, uh, they they've seen that they, they decided to republish Danish cartoon within Charlie Hebdo. So they decided to republish it again, and this this you can say this is a kind of militantism of 
uh, we want to publish, we want to show our cartoon and all that. So Muslim people in uh, France is the biggest, uh, is the country who assess the biggest number of Muslim people within the Europe. So whatever will happen in France, it will take big proportion because you have 10% of the population which is Muslim. And Muslim people, they are okay with everything. You can ask them to change your name, they won't, they will look away. You can ask them to do whatever, a headscarf and all that law, they will look away, they will try to fight, but they will look away. But when it comes to the Holy Prophet and when so it comes so. to cartoon, they become really emotional. Uh, but one thing that must be noted is that Muslim in their unanimity in France, they don't hold any violent protest, they don't do any violent stuff, it's just one or two terrorists who start all of a sudden uh, defending, they, they, they think that they're defending the honor uh, of the Holy Prophet by doing that, but they are actually defaming his own message uh, by doing so. So uh, the Charlie Hebdo case is a very complicated case because it calls to emotion of French people and it also calls to the principle where we need to stop. Hmm. Where we need to stop. Is the freedom of other more important than my own freedom or not? And, and this is a big debate in France. And and so just just to kind of again, you know, there's so much nuance around this topic, and we want to make sure that there's as much context as possible because, uh, you know, I, I watch I watch TV shows, I watch cartoons, and I've seen plenty of times Prophet Jesus, for example, portrayed, you know, running around doing all types of things in certain cartoons, and and other holy figures, Prophet Moses has been portrayed a, a million times in in cartoons and even in movies, and so. You know, for for the listeners, and obviously these are going to be primarily American listeners that are sitting here in the states that are hearing about this, who maybe just saw a headline and didn't look too much into it. What is what is what is it about a cartoon about the Prophet or a depiction of the Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, that Muslims have issue with? Why why do Muslims have issue with the cartoon? It, could you give some context to that nuance? Because I know it is a very uh, specific type of nuance that it's it's as a Muslim, it's hard for me to kind of portray this to a non-muslim uh, you know uh, so so maybe I'll, I'll 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 ask you that question you know what is it that causes the muslim world to you know kind of go up in arms and kind of condemn this portrayal i would take the example of emmanuel macron case in front of the court that has been just discussed just before you see when emmanuel macron was depicted in such a bad way he run in front of a court and try to cancel this and try to uh, ask for uh, the, uh, the 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 publication to be taken down and all that, right? But the thing is, Emmanuel Macron is hated by more than 50, 50 people in France, okay? So if you take the general uh, lost pools and all that, okay? But the Holy Prophet, so Salam, is loved beyond your understanding, like beyond our own father's, uh, by 1.5 billion people around the world. So, you see, when you try to do something like this, you should ask yourself that whether this cartoon is denouncing something concrete, if there are any other mean or possible way of expression that will help to denounce the same thing without hurting the Muslim people, and there is plenty of them, if you want to write an article, we won't be uh, as much hurt as when you depict him in such a way, you know. Uh, and also because this cartoon, we're depicting depicting him as uh, the, the, in, in the in the I don't want to mention it in in the very bad in a very bad manner in a very in a manner that was was inconsistent with his message, inconsistent with what Muslim are doing every day in their life, you know. So uh, because he's seen as uh, such an important spiritual father for 1.5 billion Muslim before doing such a thing and in the geopolitical context of the world because that's also one point that you need to understand France was not in peace when they start this cartoon France was divided Muslim were being targeted by multiple laws already so this come on top of that this come on top of all these things. And on top of that, there is so much war going on in Muslim countries, so much instabilities going on in Muslim countries. So all these things add up tension, add up polemics, add up, uh, put oils on the fire for nothing actually at the end because the 
the cartoon, the, the, the purpose of a cartoon is to denouncing something. It's to saying, look, for example, I'm making a cartoon against extremists. I'm denouncing these extremists. But what is the finality of it? Does that help uh, people to not get radicalized? No, that doesn't help people not getting radicalized. Look at the people who killed uh, uh, seven or ten journalists of Charlie Hebdo. What they were saying. We revenge the, the, the Prophet Muhammad. That's what they were saying. What, look what the, uh, the guy who beheaded the Samuel Pachi, the professor in the school in Conflans saint honorine has said. He said, I, I'm doing this because you, dip, you showed the, the picture of the Holy Prophet. So at the end of the day, that doesn't help tackling radicalization. That doesn't help tackling extremism. So that's useless in terms of public security because our professors are not safe. Our journalists are not safe. Our common people are not safe. Anybody who buys this journal is not safe. So I think it's the public uh, and it's common sense to, to, to use and to try to not put oil in the fire when these type of already very tensed uh, times are uh, Francis passing through. Yeah, and you know, I, I know Osama, you're going to jump in, but really quick before you jump in, again, just to add context for the listeners, it's not simply just a depiction of the Prophet in a bad light. That's not the issue here. Uh, it, the depiction of the Prophet Muhammad, uh, the Prophet of Islam, in any light, whether positive, whether negative, whether neutral, the, the, the physical depiction is, is what the Muslim world has issue with and again the reason is because you know ex you know specific not specific but you know a drawing a caricature a, a painting a portrait whatever it may be of the prophet you know in islam the number one sin is idolatry and so you know there's all these other nuances uh, uh, you know asif made a really good point about m the muslim world loves the prophet muhammad uh, more than their own parents you know if you were to ask a muslim i mean that's the zeal that they have for this love of islam and their religion but in addition to that, the reason that it's forbidden in Islam to depict the Prophet is because it it leads down a road of idolatry, which is the number one sin. That's the capital sin, the first sin that you know Allah has told Muslims, you know, steer far away from. That is the one sin that will be very difficult to forgive, if not impossible. So I just wanted to make that point uh, for the listeners to understand, um, and and you know, hopefully, you know, we can get some 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 common ground on this topic with anybody that's listening at home uh but with that being said osama please uh, i apologize yep. for jumping in that's a good point i and if you guys want to make a good point and tune in feel free to give us a call at 1-888-909-1050 1-888-909-1050 and join the conversation now asif i think some of the folks that are listening you know, they might be listening to what Armagon said and said, yes, that's right. You know, Jesus and Muhammad, peace be upon them, are depicted all the time in cartoons, whether positive or negative. And there's never the type of uproar that we see from the Muslim community that we see happen whenever Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is depicted. Are Muslims responding appropriately to these out to, to the to these cartoons? And doesn't this kind of further prove their point as to why, you know, they should be doing these type of things? Yeah, definitely. You're right. Muslim approach. When, I mean, when you say Muslim, Muslim is a very wide category, you know. Uh, you, the, mainly people uh, in France, again, uh, didn't call for any violent protest or whatsoever like this. But when you look at Muslim countries, yes, burning the flags, the French flag, boycotting French product was not the best way of replying to these things. The best way of replying to these things, you know, it's, it's, it's in the Holy Quran. I mean, in the Holy Quran, it is written when somebody is mocking the prophet or somebody is ridiculing the prophet, you just turn your head and you go away from that assembly. So this is the way to do it. And this is the way Muslims should actually approach the issue. And then, of course, um, uh, as uh, the head of our community mentioned uh, in his law, uh, in I think the previous khutbah Juma, uh, the Friday sermon, he he mentioned the fact that if Muslim country ha had concerted approach about how to reply to Emmanuel Macron about whatever is happening in his country, it would have been way more efficient, and actually France would have to concede to Muslim countries uh, that their approach is making uh, is hurting Muslim is not a tolerant approach and it's at the end of the day in the interest of nobody in France so uh, it's it's unfortunate that we uh, that Muslim countries could not um, be 
pulling together against this, this, the, the, these cartoons because the first country that we think about is Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia didn't even take a stand about it. But we know there is some geopolitical interest. There is quite a lot going on, right? But the, 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 the fact that, you see, all countries were not together in replying, that does not help the message of Islam and that does not help, at the end, Muslim in France as well. Yeah, and I think folks don't realize, I mean, Islam, the, the Prophet Muhammad's life, peace be upon him, is so beautiful in the sense that it has different stages of his life that we can look at as examples to how we should be living our own life. And there's many examples of him being insulted um, in the beginning of his message. And, you know, you can think of the incident of the people of Thaif who were injuring him with stones and pelting him. and Or you can think about the incident of the, the woman who would constantly, you know, put trash in front of his door. And then he when found out the trash wasn't being put there and she was sick, that he started to take care of her. Those are all the things that are very insulting to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. But during those times, Muslims were taught to be patient, to persevere, to fight with prayers, really. And that is the response that Muslims should all respond to whenever these controversies happen. It's never appropriate to respond in violence, never appropriate to respond in a type of way that really degrades yourself. Rather, it's responsible to reply through logic, through argument, through discussion, to showcase the beauty of the Prophet Muhammad and peace be upon him and show that, you know, this cartoon that you're depicting is completely false and it hurts our sentiments because of the endearment that we have towards him. But that doesn't mean that we're going to act in a violent way. We're just going to prove it to you with arguments. And, you know, I, it, it, it seems kind of unfortunate because from what we can view um, from the Muslims and how they're responding to France, they're not always responding that way. Isn't that right? I mean, it's, it's, it's very complicated. Some uh, Muslims in, well, Muslim in France, when they uh, come to reply to Charlie Hebdo, Sometimes they start like coming out and doing some protest and all saying like, oh, this is wrong, whatever is happening with us. And at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, you cannot say that they have like a violent type of reply. You know, these are only very limited cases of radicalized people who will come out and media will give them so much uh, view and so much importance that everybody will be thinking that all Muslim are like this. But in fact, Muslim in France are, are, are not, you cannot say that they're savages or, you know, they're trying, they're just waiting for this opportunity to mess up with the, everybody else and the government member. That's not true. Um, I, I think Muslim in France says uh, enough now and endear these um, cartoons and Charlie Hebdo should understand that everybody has his feeling. If uh, Emmanuel Macron has his own feeling, Muslim people had their own feelings. And then we need to create a society which is peaceful, which is respectful of each other. And if you don't understand that, then after you can do whatever cartoon or caricatures, nobody will can can stop you because yes, it is indeed your right, free speech and all that. You can do it. You can moke. You can make fun. That's true. But the 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 finality of these measures, it's always the same. What is the finality of deport depicting the holy prophet when you know and you you you. you you persistently did it and you know that it will hurt Muslim then Muslim will uh, speak up against it then Muslim will become very emotional about it so these are all the and you know their own member of uh, I was looking to an interview yesterday that one uh, chief of police staff uh, was on uh, on a show and he was saying you know Charlie Hebdo should understand now to stop depicting the Holy Prophet because they're putting everybody at danger. They're putting the police officer at danger, they're putting professors at danger, and they're putting even students at danger, you know? So they're starting understanding that the finality of this cartoon is way more bad for everybody than anything beneficial on the name of free speech, you know? So let's hope that they will keep going on, uh, on, on this path and on the other hand as well, uh, because we have the Euro we signatory of the European Convention of Human Rights, it should be noted that in 2018, uh, there was a very nice case law that has been uh, ruled by the European Convention. It was a grand chamber. I mean, it was a unanimity of judge of judges. And the opinion was saying something very interesting. They said uh, it was a woman from Austri Austria who uh, called um, a, a seminar 
And in this seminar, she starts saying bad stuff about the uh, Holy Prophet and the age of Hazrat Aisha and, and, uh, and all these things that we heard in, in anti-Muslim forums mainly. And the European Court of Human Rights considered that this was not within free speech because you're going to hurt the sentiment of Muslims. So the principle of hurting the sentiment of Muslims now is becoming a legal category of exception within the Article 10, uh, which is the free speech in the European Convention of Human Rights. So that's this is an in interesting trend because it's Grain Chamber who has been uh, behind this case precedent. So let's see what will happen in the next few years, uh, because in France, Charlie Hebdo uh, always wins. His, uh, his, 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 they, they always win their cases because France will consider that mocking a religion is part of the free speech. Now, so th that, that's definitely very interesting, and I, I think I've definitely gotten a lot more context than than I've had from you know our what we've understood in the past few years. But one of the things that you had mentioned earlier was you know obviously there's millions of muslims and unfortunately it's literally you know these handful of terrible people who carry out these terror attacks to you know take lives or harm life in the name of islam or in the name of whatever they call it that have unfortunately kind of painted islam red in this sense so obviously there's that perspective but one of the things that i want to know is you know, when this stuff happens, when it's happened in the past and, you know, it's even going on now, you know, you are a former public affairs, national public affairs secretary for France, for the Amity Muslim community. What was the response of the community? How did we address and deal with this situation? Um, and, you know, kind of what, what were the takeaways from, from the, our response there? First, we pay respect. This is the first thing that you do when a terrorist attack happens. You pay respect to the victim. You pay respect to the families. You, if you know some of them, you will go to her. You will show your condolences and you will show, show, show the respect that is due when these type of attacks happen. The second element that comes right after is the condemnation of the terrorist attack, which is very important. People say, yeah, why we should condemn at uh, the end of the day, it's not Muslim, we're, it's, it's extremist. But anytime the honor of the Holy Prophet is uh, at stake, I think anybody who is a Muslim and who has a little bit of dignity in him, that he should raise up and start condemning this and saying that this is not in the name either of the Holy Quran, in the name of Allah, Allah's message, or in the name of the Allah's Prophet, the Holy Prophet Muhammad So, so uh, the, the thing, this should be the two main point that we'll have. So we'll have a press release out there and all that. The third thing is always when the terrorist attack happened, France will commemorate the terrorist, the terrorist attack. So we want as much as Ahmadis as possible on the ground, going there, bringing some roses, bringing some uh, uh, gifts that we can do to in the memory of those who have been killed by this terrorist attack. So this is very important. This is part of our of our humanity you know love for all hatred for none is the basis of our message so we need to show it it's not just in the in words you need to show it by expressing an actual uh, material act so that's what we do in the beginning of the terrorist take then comes the time of reflection because uh, every time the emotion you know when it becomes too emotional even the debate and the media are not rational they become like with bajillion of ideas which are very wrong, banning Muslim, banning this, banning that. You need to let this uh, media sequence pass by and then after you come with the proper plan of reflection and what you're going to propose to the government in order to tackle those issues. Because what we always have been saying to Emmanuel Macron, to Jean Castex, who's the prime minister right now, or Edouard Philippe, who was the prime minister before, is you cannot tackle the radicalization without Muslim. You cannot put the Muslim on a side or ban them from any forum and saying, we're going to tackle radicalization. Because you don't know what Islam is. You don't know what the component of Islam is where you don't know why Daesh is doing whatever they're doing so we said you need to put Muslim in the heart of your policies against radicalization for that we show our numbers Ahmadiyya Muslim community is the only community where there is re zero cases a case of radicalized people zero case it's due to our organization which is khudamul amdiya which is ansarullah with proper program for people who are um, 18 to 40 years old and then after all, all these things uh, that, that we try to explain to them 
And then after we come with a proper plan, because it's good to say, yeah, we have Qudam al we have all these things, but you need to show up with some ideas that the government can use in order to calm down also the general opinion. And our ideas is always the same. We should always be uh, mindful of stigmatization because anything that comes to uh, targeting an entire uh, cast of population is wrong is not going to give no good effects and i think the the the, the best proposal that we did to, up to today was always to saying so for example when charlie abdo attack happened we wrote to charlie abdo we said look you use your free speech depicting holy prophet let's let us let us use our free speech in order to explain you who is the holy prophet and they never replied you see, so that's one of the uh, action that the Ahmadiyya Muslim community will do. We will open our door, open the door of our mosques in order to show people that there is no hidden stuff in a mosque. A mosque is a, is a house of God where we pray God, where we say good stuff, where we try to call for tolerance and peace. And we'll then, uh, of course, if there is media intervention, we'll do them. But uh, what I think is we should adopt a way I don't know how, I don't know how the government can do that, but the, the, the reverse repression, because any time that uh, a terrorist attack happened, we only, uh, we only unfazes on how we're going to increase the power of intelligence services, how we're going to increase scrutiny on these Muslims who are being radicalized, how we increase power in order to uh, pronounce some dissolution of uh, association that uh, we'll be considering as radicalized. And radicalized is a very large word. Mm -hmm. So you can go to the practice of your faith up to you're going you're gonna to do the jihad in, uh, in, in Syria and kill everybody. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So this is, this is also a big problem, the definition of radicalization, which is very large because the process is very large. And the reverse repression will be to clearly indicate it into law principles that we forgot up to today. The principle of tolerance, which is very important after a terrorist attack. Why don't do a symbolic law about tolerance, you know, about how to foster peace within our society? These things are never, uh, have been, never been done because uh, last couple of years we're only talking about repression and all that. And I think we should reverse that cycle of repression and try to understand more the communities, try to understand more what Islam is here for, and try to understand that sometimes even people who are Salafis, who have very strong practice of faith, strong way of expressing their faith, which is, no, we need to uh, practice our five-time daily prayer, which is a good thing, which is every Muslim is calling for that, but they will also have other stuff, you know, they will start reading prayer at their uh, workplace and all that. We should build up some understanding there, you know, mm. uh, if it's possible. And uh, But rather than building up understanding, we're calling in France, at least, uh, I don't think in U.S. we're at this at this stage. And I hope that U.S. will stay safe from that stage, to be honest. But in France, they're talking about uh, forbidden Salafism, you know, an entire ideology wiped out just like this, mm. which is against the freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of opinion. So... You see, we, we wanted to reverse the cycle of repression. And, and this is very complicated to do. That took a lot of lobbying work. That took a lot of in-person uh, and person-to-person -person knowledge of the member of parliament that you're talking to. But we can see that uh, there is now more and more people who are understanding this concept. And they're com coming to that conclusion that we need to reverse this uh, cycle of uh, of repression laws that we're adopting. Yeah, uh, I mean, very well said. There's definitely a, a lot to chew, chew into. And it seems like, I mean, it's such a existential issue in France. You know, I, I think, you know, a, a lot, I'm, I'm drawing a lot of, uh, I'm drawing a lot of similarities between, um, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, the toxic internet culture where it's basically populism, you know, the top mm. comment wins. Mm. I feel like that's what happening kind of at a at boots on the ground level in France, which is uh, really unfortunate. But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully with some of the things that you've highlighted, <laughs> we're able to, you know, walk towards a better path in France. Uh, because, of course, France is a, a major player in the world. And, you know, we want to see all the Muslims there living in peace. And we want to see um, you know, the French people living in harmony with their Muslim brothers and sisters. But that being said, we certainly are very, very happy to have you here. Uh, you're, you know, having come from France, you're kind of our, 
our oracle of, of these issues here in the United States, make sure we're not in any slippery slopes. Um, but we certainly thank you for coming on the show, giving thank us you. this this insight uh, and uh, letting us have a great conversation with you. Um, Osama, what did you think about today's show? I mean, it was phenomenal. Asif did a great job of really giving us an overview of France. We always see it from the third perspective from the media, but to hear somebody who was actually born and raised in France, uh, you know, a Muslim as well, to really see that perspective, and to see it from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community's perspective in terms of how we respond to these situations is also really insightful. Uh, we're hoping that the folks that are listening from home, that they got some nuggets of gold from this show and something that the next time you're having a conversation about the controversy of religion in France and Islam in France, you'll have an idea of how to approach it. You know, and that's our show. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley.